Welcome to, to Afrosaya. 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 Hey, hello everybody. Good evening or good afternoon or good morning or somewhere it's 5 p.m. <laughs> hello everybody. My name is Alex Gutierrez. Welcome to Afro Saya, the Afro Latino podcast. Today I'm actually in Los Angeles, the city of angels here in California. And today, oh, okay. I was thinking about the topic for today, but I wasn't quite sure like what to do. But then I was thinking, oh, it's, you know, June is a special month. And I was thinking, oh, I have to do something very special because it's the LGBTQ history month. And I was thinking, oh, I have to learn more about like what's happening with the LGBTQ history month. And then I find out that this year is actually the 50 year anniversary of the LGBT. It's not the LGBTQ history anniversary, but it's the Stonewall Riots that happened in New York. And guess what, people? I have with me a very special guest. And he is not only my friend, but he's also like my bro. Like he's my roommate and we are hanging out every day. And I'm going to let him introduce. Uh, tell us your name and I don't know, what's your favorite color? <laughs> Hey, everybody. Happy to be on the podcast. Um, my name is James Bradley. As Alejandro said, I am his roommate. We are here doing some stuff for Teach for America training and living on campus here at Cal State Los Angeles. Um, beautiful campus. If you've never been, I recommend checking it out. And my favorite color is dark green, like a foresty green. Ooh, it sounds more like Brazil. I don't know, that forest. Okay, so in the podcast, we talk about um, Afro-descendants and Afro-Latinos and the African-descendant identity that we kind of like spend time talking about it. But today, I really want to talk about the Stonewall Riots. And I was like, okay, let me ask James. Like, I thought actually, like, I'm going to ask Jim what he knows about it. And that's my question. Like when he when somebody asks you, like me, your roommate asks you, like, did you know that the Stonewall's celebrating like fifty year anniversary? What came to your mind? Yeah, so I have no um prior knowledge of the Stonewall. I still don't know, just for those listeners um at home or on the road, wherever you may be. Um, I've never heard of it. So I'll be learning about the Stonewall events in New York City uh on live right now. So um, for some of my background, uh, I don't have much experience in this area. Um, the LGBT community is a new thing for me, so I'm learning. So um, this is one of those times where I'd ask for some grace if I make a mistake. But I'm here to learn, to understand, to be receptive, and and love love hearing about history of um, peoples and movements and, and change that's being done in the United States for the better. All right, all right, all right. That was super cool. Um, also, the podcast is all about education. And we also like kind of like we can also make mistakes, uh, a few things that we may say or something. Uh, so we all are here to learn and grow. So James, welcome to my class. <laughs> all right, I'm going to I'm going to start with the stone wall. So the Stonewall actually 
is, is well, this year the Stonewall is celebrating 50 year anniversary. So the Stonewall is a gay bar in New York. Imagine um, imagine June 18, 1969. So we're talking about post-Civil War. No, post-Martin Luther King, I have a dream speech. Right, 1969. So to put myself there contextually in the decade, that's like Woodstock time frame, uh, the hippie movement... Um, kind of the experimentation with sexuality and with drugs was happening. Music was, uh, headliners were Jimi Hendrix. Um, and yeah, a very different time than today. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So 1969, um, you know, the U.S. is going under this huge change, not only like politically, but also socially, economically, and the police break into this bar because in New York, as the rest in other states, homosexuality <laughs> congregation of gays was illegal. So gay people couldn't have their own bars either because it was illegal to congregate. And oh, if we can look at the history in only Los Angeles, like what happened with the LGBT movement, it's a different story too, but very, very educational process to understand where the LGBT is today. But going back to New York, so they couldn't congregate. So they were hanging out in the stone, in the stone. Actually, the bar was called uh, Stonewall Inn. So it was like hotel, perhaps. Um, but people were hanging out, which it was a bar, and the police broke into it. And the police has broken before. Like the police was before there, arresting, kicking out people. But this June 18 was different because it was the first time that two transgender people, actually uh, drag people, stood up. And the first time they decided to throw rocks back to the police. So the police broke into the bar, started kicking everybody out, and it was brutality. Everyone was like, what's happening? You know, everyone was probably experimenting with drugs, high drug, alcohol. And the police broke and asked everybody to leave the room and the bar. And people were tired of it. And, and they started throwing rocks back to them. And the police responded and... Two people started and the rest is history because everybody started picking up the rocks, throwing back to them. People got like super crazy in there. It was fine. And more cops came. It was a chaos. People got arrested. And then the next thing we know, it was huge because people feel that they were, you know, invaded in a place where they couldn't hang, hang out uh, because of their identity. And people were like, why we cannot have the same privilege as other, other communities have? Like, why we cannot have our own bar and hang out in there? So that was the first time that, you know, the, the media and, and the police and the government perhaps even, like, realized what was happening. So that June 20A, actually also a couple of people died. It was chaotic. It was chaos, conflict. But it was a moment to realize what was happening with the LGBT community, living in oppression, living in, in you know, as almost as a second class citizens. And the next year, it was a, a first year of commemoration of it. So people started getting together and celebrating this, saying like, enough is enough. And we have the same rights as everybody else. And we're going to celebrate this. 
So it's been now 15 years since that Stonewall broke up and people in New York are starting to celebrate and, you know, the words started spreading to another places. And yeah, so I want to make some connections to Bolivia too, because to me, when I came out as a gay person, I was in Bolivia and what, what was happening in the United States has to do a lot with with who you are as an, as your identity. But let me ask you this. What, what do you think about this story, uh, James? What comes to your mind? Yeah, well, so again, this is the first time that I've heard the story. Um, it definitely parallels a lot of American history with um, minority groups or groups um, of maybe color that have kind of experienced similar things. A couple things come to mind. Um First, it's just unfortunate that, you know, our history is is that way and that, you know, people of the LGBT community were treated unfairly and unjustly just based off of something that the type of uh, sex that they're attracted to, which just seems ludicrous in 2019. But um, again, it was a different day and age in 1969. Um, a quote comes to mind for me from Dr. Martin Luther King, and I'm butchering it. Um, I actually read it today while I was teaching second graders. And it's that darkness can't drive out darkness, only the light can. So, I mean, I'm never one to condone uh, a violent behavior, nor am I someone to say that it's okay to throw a rock at anybody or, and when there's death um, involved as well. I, I obviously, I mean, those families probably still feel that today, the people that are still alive. So don't want to make light of that. At the same time, it seems like there's been a lot of good that came out of it. So it was a moment for the LGBT community to take a stand and say, hey, we're not going to just let this happen and let you guys walk all over us. And we don't have any representation in government. We're not, all the laws are uh, kind of oppressive. So, I mean, what are you supposed to do in that situation where you just keep getting trampled? So I'm glad that they stuck up for themselves in a, in a idealistic, perfect world. Maybe that would have been through um, peaceful protests um, and maybe some other means, like if you look at examples from the civil rights, now it's very easy for me to say, and I wasn't there in the time. And I'm really glad that that sounds like that situation was isolated, but it also kind of opened people's eyes to it. So even though a f there was violence and a few people died, it made huge strides for the LGBT community, um, raising awareness for government officials maybe um, bringing this behavior to the light and people starting to realize like, hey, this is messed up. Um, even if you look back to America's early history, I mean, this is kind of how the revolutionaries felt with the British. When the British was oppressing the colonies, they um, threw rocks. I think it's it was in Boston. There is a historical moment that's slipping my mind right now where um, some blood was shed with redcoats and revolutionaries. So it's Sometimes that it's these type of things that have a large impact on society, culture, and um, American society. So if this ended up having fruit for the LGBT community and has contributed to them gaining rights or gaining awareness or gaining equity in the society, then I think uh, in large it, it was a good thing, especially 
taking away from it because that's in the past it happened and then what it's done for the community sounds like it's great and fruitful so it's super interesting uh to see that uh reflection that happened because um there's this is this history is something that is not taught when we're in high school elementary school or even college um you know, when, when I knew that every June 28, it was a celebration, I asked my friends, what are we celebrating? Is it like, what? Yeah, I was like, because I was wondering, like, straight people don't have this type of celebrations on, on a specific day. And to me, it was like, why June 28? And my friend actually was starting to tell me, like, June 28 happened something in New York. And that was the moment that LGBT people start reacting and saying, hey, this is not only happening, like, in the United States. This is happening in other places, too. Oppression to the identity that gay people, you know, feel. And even today, I mean, 50 years ago, it was something that, you know, the beginning of something. But even Russia today is condoning homosexuality. Like, China, it's, it's still illegal even to come out or something. So there are many, many progress we made but there's just still like a lot of taboo on on uh, around that um yeah so the stone wall we're actually looking at some pictures right now with james we're checking out the computer so this is a stone wall and the bar today uh the bar is still there it's 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 like a museum monument for us a living memory um i actually had the opportunity to visit with my husband in 2014 and i was telling him i feel chills in here like boost pump because I knew about this place, but I was never there. And just feeling that this space is like almost like our room. Our room is so small, by the way. Everyone's listening. <laughs> the, the bar is super small. But at the time, you know, feeling that you have to call to your mom and say, mom, I'm in the police. Can you get me out? Your mom would be like, what did you do? And you will be like, I was in the bar. And the next day it was on the news. So it was like hard for many families too to accept that you, you your son was gay because he was in the bar and you know the way they find out also like your kid was was gay i guess it was also hard for the families but also a good relief for the for the kids that were there because it's super hard it's super hard to tell to your parents that you're you're gay and not knowing what they're gonna react my family was a little sad for a couple of days they kind of like asked me different questions um they didn't know what was to be gay at the time. They even asked me, like, oh, are you women now? Like, what, what's happening? And try to show them in years that my life was not going to change or who I was. But um, I know there's a lot of work to do in between, but I also feel like, you know, this is an opportunity for all of us to continue growing and, and learning. And as you say, there's a specific events that triggers to change things and enough is enough and we say enough is enough, right? So um, so you, you're also going into education now and I want to ask you this because there's interesting um, laws passing in the cities now individually, in, especially in California, there is a law to say to teach LGBT history. But for instance, in Elk Grove, where, where I live nearby, so the city didn't want to get the books out there or materials about LGBT you're going to be an educator and you're a straight person. How do you feel teaching LGBT history to, if you have to, let's not say kids like uh, elementary, but how about middle and high school? Like, how do you feel about it? Um, 
Yeah, I think as a teacher, you have somewhat of a responsibility to um, touch on history in a way that um, is as objective as possible. Um, You're obviously going to bring some influence to it, and even subconsciously, maybe your answers have some biases in them. So that's something I think as a teacher you have to be aware of so you can try to be as objective as possible. Um, For me, I'm a new teacher, so I'm learning. Um, But first thoughts are that if it's in the curriculum, obviously uh, I'm going to teach it. And I I don't see any um, problems teaching LGBT or any uncomfortability even. Um, I feel very comfortable talking about a lot of topics that are kind of under the surface. And I think it's important to kind of especially if classmates start talking about it to open up a kind of a forum and have a discussion where you're guiding the conversation and you're hearing different people out. Um, I think it, I haven't been in high school in like about a decade, but from what I remember in high school, there could be some negative stigmas or cultural kind of social pressure. Um, and maybe some things would be said that are inappropriate would be something that I would worry about somebody making a comment that's harmful to the community and then the class erupts in laughter or something. So that would be a concern. But I mean, it's, it is a part of our history. LGBT, the LGBT community has been in the United States for probably since it was founded. So um, I think that I would feel comfortable teaching it and it would be one of those topics, just like if you're teaching health and you had to teach something that's kind of, um, um, Care, you need would need to teach it carefully and you would probably have to do more prep than normal beforehand to make sure that you prepared yourself for what if the conversation goes this way or that way? Um, what's the equitable um, way I could handle that as a teacher? Well, thank you so much for that. Uh, we, I mean, I, maybe I will speak in behalf of the LGBT community, feeling that we have allies like yourself and you know, not having any issue with that. Uh, It seems to be that the community may be rejecting this idea of teaching LGBT history because they may not know what exactly is. And as you, I mean, as we've been digging in the topic today, uh, the LGBT history probably will start with this, which is the Stonewall, because that was the beginning of something different for the LGBT. It was the time that government see us like people saw us and they were like oh yeah there is a community who has been oppressed for many 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 years and even like these conversion centers where where parents were sending their kids because they were coming out and they were like no 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 it's something abnormal on you and also the organ the, the war organizations on health also remove the homosexuality out of the mental health because they thought it was a mental health issue. So if it wasn't for this moment, I think we could be still having certain people, population feeling oppressed. And and we still have today other issues to focus on, but I'm so glad that we made a lot of progress too in our history. And, and you know, the U.S. is a place where... It, it might still be homophobia out there, but 
I will say that I feel very happy here and I feel free and I feel like I can express my emotions, my feelings, my thoughts. And I see kids in high school, like they are super open to their sexuality. And as you say, having a little bit more information about how to teach these topics that are not going to be disrespectful or they are going to create certain amount of laugh or or just taking as a jog. I think it's super important. So I'd really appreciate that. Thanks so much, James, for joining our community as an ally and being present to that. Yeah, thank you. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, it, this has been a great time. I mean, I've never heard about this Um so it's just interesting to learn. I'm I'm always I think there are a lot of people out there that if they had the time and somebody sat them down in a non-confrontational way and just explained history or experience um we'd we'd be surprised as a country how many people we could work together with and how many alliances we can make. So um yeah, it's been really interesting to hear and I appreciate you kind of educating me and walking me through this journey. Uh, it's my pleasure. And thank you so much for opening to that too and sitting out in this conversation for my podcast. So thank you so much, James. We're going to continue talking about some other topic. I'm sure we're going to find something in common to talk next couple of weeks because we have four more weeks together before we say goodbye. <laughs> All right, Afrosaya listeners, we're going to play some music. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, I'm going to continue talking a little bit about uh, Bolivia and making some connections with the Stonewall. But thank you so much, James. We're having you next other, in another episode. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Okay, so one of the one of the things I wanted to make like connection specifically with the Stonewall and June twenty eight is that so when I was like back in uh, my home country Bolivia, I was uh, always wondering why we celebrate this particular day. And my friend Alberto Moscoso, who also um, runs this nonprofit organization back in Bolivia, is called Adesproc Libertad. It was the only organization that actually care about the um, celebration. And he put together like a couple people at the beginning. It was like five or seven people that decided to go out and dress as drags and go into the city. Uh, they decided to do it like in the afternoon and they were prote- they were like walking on the city and kind of like protesting because they were like, oh, we're gays, we're protesting here. And by then, it was like in the early 2000s, and by then um, most people, kind of like media, knew that cities like New York were celebrating gay pride. So we were trying to kind of like replicate the same style, but 
we got like reprehend by the police. Uh, and that was the first time that also I knew someone super close, my friend Rene. He was uh, my friend and classmate at the university at the time. And he told me like, oh, you know what? We got like by the police, we got pepper sprayed and kind of like they didn't allow us to protest. And he was like determined to do another gay pride the following year. And he was like, you should join me and support. And by then I didn't know I was really gay. I mean, out. <laughs> so I was like, not quite sure if I should join the uh, protest or the parade. Um but then I started to hang out in this nonprofit organization and I find out more about the LGBT community. That's the time when I learned about the uh, Stonewall and so many other things that I didn't know about the LGBT community and kind of like became an activist by then because I was so um, angry about all the injustice that, you know, as a person who belongs to the LGBT community um, has to go through. And I decided kind of like to advocate publicly. So with my friend, uh, Renee, we decided like really kind of like recruit more people too. And I remember like calling him and saying, yes, I want to go, but I'm super scared. And other people decided to join. We were not the only ones. And by 2004, when it was like the biggest gay pride in in the city of La Paz in Bolivia. Um, Yeah, we were there and people from other cities join us and we protest. And why La Paz? Because La Paz is the capital city, like Washington, D.C. And if you want to make a statement and change things, you have to go in the capital city. Otherwise, the government will never see you. So we protest, but people thought that, oh, we were doing like a Mardi Gras. And people didn't understand exactly what was happening. And some people were like upset about it because they thought that we were doing more like a Mardi Gras rather than a protest. Uh, But it was something. So we needed to start. The following year, uh, more people joined the, the parade and we were like saying that this wasn't our really Mardi Gras. It was more a parade. Um, and the first year I went into the march, I were um, kind of like a costume thing because I also didn't want my friends or family to recognize me. And I was Batman and nobody knew who I was <laughs> the whole entire parade. And I went home, nobody knew what, ha- what happened, but everyone was talking the next day in my class, like, oh, the gay parade, like, did you go there? I'm making, you know, jokes between them, like making fun of things. And I was like, oh my God, I really need to, uh, you know, step up and feel that I could change more stuff uh, rather than just being a passive activist at the time. So I decided to step up and the next year I was there showing my face, as people say, like cara lavada, And I was there. I was like in front and I was like, see me, I'm homosexual, I'm gay, I don't care, I'm here, get over it and let's fight for what's more meaningful. And since then, the government starts seeing us, noticing us. Uh, It's been a few changes, especially for friends that um, have died because of AIDS, because the government didn't really give any care for people who were with HIV 
diagnostic. Um, and that was the first beginning too, because 2004 and five and six, it was super hard in Bolivia. It hit very, very hard. And I saw some friends dying and I was, I was like scared because I was losing people that I care and I hang out with. So yeah, I decided to like be super activist in there. Um, I know now that the um, parade takes place also on close to June 18, uh, but I know that it has more meaningful, more meaning uh, to local in Bolivia than the United States because now. So in one of the parades, also the police came and they reprehended us. We complained to the media. We were not like ready to leave the place because we were ready to protest and and march for about 10 blocks and the police didn't want us we protest the media the government everybody was instant reaction and then we have our parade after like two hours of delay but we have our parade and that was a moment that we changed and we say now we have something for us to celebrate and that was super cool so as being here in the U.S., I feel like I have two worlds where I belong and now I have two events to celebrate. One here in the U.S. where I feel that Stonewall is also my history, but also if I'm back in Bolivia, I'll be totally celebrating June 28 as my um, other moment of action and protest. So, okay. So with that, everybody, I hope you join me in our next episode and uh, I'm going to be telling you more about uh, what I'm doing here in Los Angeles in California and yeah so here's a message about our Facebook page and our Patreon support don't forget to subscribe to our our Afrosaya website we are on Facebook okay first we are on Facebook. If you're on Facebook, subscribe Afrosaya and visit our website, afrosaya.com. If you are on iTunes or in Google Podcasts, subscribe to our podcast, Afrosaya. And if you can, please help us to sustain our podcast by going to our Patreon uh, website. It spells P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com slash afrosaya and help us with three or five dollars monthly. And you guys know this is going to help us to uh, continue with our podcast and paying the hosting uh, we have nine awesome patreon supporters so thank you so much scientists for helping us and you know this podcast is sponsored by people for the people and by the people <laughs> all right everybody we're going to be celebrating stonewall 50 years anniversary uh wherever you are remember you're beautiful you are um, true to yourself and, and be honest and celebrate life. There's nothing better than celebrating happiness and joy. So, all right, we're going to come back in a new episode. I think it's going to be our 71 or two episode. I'm not quite sure right now, but um, stay tuned and don't forget to follow us. All right, see you next time. Bye-bye. Conocimiento. Identidad.